0: Inspiration and insights from leaders in the accounting, finance, and business worlds. This is the TSCPA Talks Podcast. I'm your host, Jared Booth. We are talking today with David Morgan, co-founder of LBMC and a past president of TSCPA. Over the last several decades, he's been an influential voice in the profession and a strong advocate of entrepreneurship and philanthropy. And so we just want to welcome you, David. How are you doing today?
1: Doing great. Glad to be here talking with you.
0: Excellent. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, You're one of the co-founders of LBMC, uh, which grew from 12 employees back in the mid-80s to about 500 today, spread across the state uh, with clients all over the country. So just take us back in time to when the company was just beginning. What was that process of starting the company like, and what made you want to do it in the first place?
1: I think I, along with my other founding partners, were all entrepreneurial and uh, we wanted to have a firm that uh, ran the way we wanted it to run. Well we had actually this is my third CPA firm to start and grow, started one merged in with another firm and then this firm is an outgrowth from that firm and I think our partners that started this firm uh, with me all uh, shared more of a common vision of where we wanted to take the practice and also uh, the core values that we hold dear today about how we treat people and how we treat our clients.
0: So, as the company was developing, you know, it's been a long time and I'm sure there's been ups and downs, but take us back to a few key moments, a few milestones along the way, you know, whether it was five years in or 10 years in or even more recently. Well, I
1: don't, I'm not sure I'll remember the exact dates on these, but there was, you know, uh, we sort of mark our milestones along by how many people we had. I remember when we got up to 30 people, one of our partners thought that was as big as we should ever get. He said that that, uh, a colleague had told him one time that that was the best size for a CPA firm was 30 people. And it was a good size. Um, But we kept growing. And then when we got to 100 people, we thought we were a pretty good sized firm. And uh, so that was another important uh, milestone. Uh, And then... Within six months of each other, we did two mergers in our firms, not only two mergers that we've ever done, so that we opened offices in Knoxville and in Chattanooga and that was a pretty significant milestone in our firm, moving from just a local Nashville firm to a more of a regional firm
0: absolutely. so I know one thing you're particularly passionate about is working with young entrepreneurs trying to help them navigate the challenges of starting out with uh, strong, interesting ideas and trying to grow their businesses. What, what advice do you give them and what are some mistakes that you may have made that you tell them to avoid?
1: Well, I, I think the, the one of the main things I always tell people, uh, it's one of my lessons that I learned during my career, it always takes longer and it always costs more. If you think that you're going to get it done in six months and $10,000 is enough, you're wrong. It's gonna take longer, and it's gonna cost more. So always plan that, try to be more overcapitalized compared to undercapitalized and have a longer uh, expectation uh, so that you know you're gonna be around for a while. Because a lot of small businesses and startups fail because they, they don't have enough capital to stay in business long enough to get over the hump and get their, their business model really working and humming. You know, I've also learned that as things evolve, you have to change, you've constantly changed the model. You may start out thinking you're gonna do one thing, it may not work so well, and then you have to uh, morph that into something that will. And uh, I guess one really important lesson that I've learned, and I think it's crucial, uh, is to pick good partners. If you pick good partners, your chance of success is a lot higher.
0: It's always true, uh, you know, the, the team mindset, right? You're only as good as your your worst member.
1: You know, uh, if, if I had stayed uh, in a little two-person CPA firm with a friend of mine that was my first firm to start, I'd probably still be a, a little small firm. So by uh, going in with others, growing, taking on more partners, we the all-in, the LBMC probably has... 65 to 70 partners today, and that's great. That's a lot of people who have had very successful careers, and we've had partners retire and new partners come in, and that process will continue, and that's that's a wonderful thing.
0: And I know as the business was growing, while you were busy with with all of the things that go with with running a business uh, that's growing so fast, you've been really involved with TSCPA. You've been one of our most you know influential members over the last couple of decades. How has that experience helped you in your career, and did you always think you'd be so involved? I sought out an opportunity
1: to be involved with the TSCPA uh, because I felt it was the right thing to do. That's our professional body, the TSCPA and the AICPA, and I've fortunately been able to serve at both levels. And and so I just always felt it was important to give back to the profession. The county profession has been great to me, very, very good. And so uh, I wanted to do something to help the profession and make sure that, that we remain an important profession.
0: And part of that is the things that TSCPA and the AICPA do for advocacy for the profession.
1: Absolutely. We have legislative regulations, uh, we have regulators that we deal with. We have to, to balance, on the one hand, the, the public interest and in making sure that we're doing upholding high ethical standards and doing good work. On the other hand, we need to make sure that uh, we're not hampering our businesses, because after all, CPA firms are businesses. You you don't want to hamper our businesses uh, from being successful. We want the practitioners to be successful, but we also want them to do great work and maintain high ethical standards.
0: That can be a tough line to walk, but I think... Because of those advocacy efforts, we really are able to be on that same straight line that we want to be on. Right.
1: I, th- I think the TSCP has been a great leader in in making sure that we stay in a balanced position.
0: Absolutely. So I know, in addition, you know, you're involved in many different things. One of which is being on the board of trustees for Tennessee Tech's College of Business Administration Foundation, and you've been the recipient of several alumni awards from your alma mater. What drew you to give back so much to the university community? Did that experience when you were there really shape uh, the career that you've had?
1: Absolutely. You know, Tennessee Tech's my foundation. That's where I learned accounting. That's where I learned uh, uh, some of my work ethic, you know, being able to prepare for classes and and uh, be ready to present and, and to do a good job and make good grades. Um, so that was my foundation and and As I got out in the business world, I realized how good a job they had done to prepare me to be successful. And uh, so I've always appreciated that. Always been willing to give back and help Tech. Uh, I think they do a great job of producing good students and good people. Uh, We've hired a lot of folks in our firm over the years from Tech. I know a lot of people in our profession from Tech that have had very successful careers. So... It's important that we support our alma maters, uh, not just by going to football games, but financial support, moral support, hiring people, speaking, uh, doing all the things we can to help their students be successful.
0: Yeah, it's always good to go back where you came from and and keep that cycle going. This is a question I've, I've been interested in recently. I've been reading a lot about it, and I think you're someone who's uniquely qualified to answer it or at least take a shot at an answer at it. Um, So we're hearing a lot about how technology is going to automate some aspects of accounting work. People talk about auditing and other aspects. What are your thoughts on how that technology is starting to develop? And more importantly, how do you think technology can be used to augment the work of CPAs versus replacing CPAs with machines and technology? Well, technology
1: has, has evolved at a rapid pace through my entire career uh... you know when i first began it was pencils and paper and then we came along with the with the computer and nowadays the things that we have are so far advanced the tax software we use in our tax programs the audit software that we use in the audit side and more and more now the cloud-based accounting software that we can do accounting services for clients that we used to could not do efficiently or effectively we can do that now and really have, have people have access to information wherever they're at uh, and to automate things like paying bills and payroll and information that uh, processing that used to took a lot of human intervention and it was a lot of paperwork back and forth that no longer, you don't have to do that, it's all electronic. So technology's been great, it's advanced at a rapid rate, it will continue to advance at a rapid rate. The idea of using artificial intelligence in the audit process is already evolving. I'm sure that it will happen also on the tax side where uh, tax research can be uh, done with artificial intelligence to a certain extent. But I believe that there's always going to be places for CPAs to use their professional judgment, to use their wisdom, to use their ability to communicate with people. So I am not worried about uh, machines putting the CPA out of business. I believe there'll be a role for us in the future, but it'll be different. It always has been. In my years, it's changed re- remarkably, and it will continue to change in the future.
0: That's the one constant, right? Change.
1: Absolutely.
0: So personally, I know you're a really big enthusiast of wine, and you've traveled a lot to France, and you've even got a few titles in the wine industry that are French words that I don't. I'm not even going to try to pronounce, but tell us a little bit about that experience and how that developed.
1: Well, I think most things that I have embraced in my life, I, I get passionate about, and I spend a lot of time and effort uh, learning as much as I can. I, I came to wine at a very uh, early in my professional career. I saw uh, some opportunities and uh, and and I, to learn, and I took advantage of those. And the more I learned, the more fascinated it became. And then I became a collector of wine, and that became an obsession. and and now I have a large wine cellar that uh, I've collected over the years which I enjoy, to sh- enjoy sharing with friends and I particularly enjoy uh, traveling to uh, vineyards both here in the United States but primarily in France. I've, I've gotten to know winemakers, I've gotten to meet winemakers. So it's very special when you pull out a bottle of wine and you know the man that made it and you know the place it came from and you've been there, you've seen it, you've talked to him, you know the history it just makes the, the enjoyment much greater.
0: Absolutely. It's interesting as you began to describe that and how uh, the more you learned, the more interesting it became and how you just really latch on to something. And once you're passionate about it, you really like to learn about it. reminds me a little bit about uh, you know, the CPE prof- CPA profession uh, with, with CPE and that lifelong learning model where you're never done learning and you know, there's always more to learn.
1: You know, my career has evolved. I started out as an, as an auditor with a big, four, big eight, a big four firm, now a big eight firm back in those days. Uh, I, I started a small firm where I had to do everything, including typing the letters and, and financial statements. I moved into a, a mid-sized regional firm, and I was a, a jack-of-all-trades. I was an auditor. I was a tax person. And in my spare time, I managed, helped manage the practice. And then uh, I evolved into more of a tax person and left the auditing to other younger folks. Uh, and and then later in my career, I spent most of my time working with high wealth individuals and both their investments and their philanthropy and their estate planning. And so I think it's really crucial to evolve in your profession. It's, it's, it's tough doing the same thing for 40 years. You want to You want to evolve and change and do different things and uh you know the the one thing that is a little different now in our profession is specialization i was a generalist i'm a dying breed there are not many generalists anymore people have gone from generalist to specialist you know i used to be i'm accountant now i'm an auditor i'm a tax person until now it's what i call hyper specialization I'm an auditor who specializes on healthcare. I'm a tax person who specializes in individual tax work for high-wealth individuals. So, you know, we we're seeing more and more hyper specialization, which is really good. It's the best way to deliver the service and the client to get the most benefit, but it does uh cause sometimes people to have a little more myopic view of our profession and not be able to really see the wide aspects of it. Uh, you know, I spent my whole career in public accounting, but but running a business has given me aspects of what people in the industry have to deal with. You know, we have to deal with HR problems and technology problems and all sorts of things that you need to do uh, when you're on, a, on the bi- industry side of the business. So it's a big profession. It's a great profession.
0: And I know uh, you mentioned uh, philanthropy a couple times. You've also um, been very involved with the Nashville Symphony Orchestra. You're currently the treasurer and chairman of the finance committee. So where did your interest in music begin and what made you want to dedicate so much time and effort to it? Is it similar to your interest in wine that it's just grown over time?
1: It has, and you know, I'll be honest with you, I knew nothing about music and I, I got interested in uh, the Nashville Symphony when I got uh, asked to uh, be a donor to help build the Arm Symphony Center, which I agreed to. And that drew me into going to performances. And as I went to performances, I learned that I enjoyed uh, classical music like I had never really been around in my life. Uh, and I also enjoy the pops and and other presentations that the symphony do. I was asked to join the symphony board at a time when the symphony was in really financial peril. Uh, and the reason they asked me was they needed some more people with financial backgrounds to help them figure out what to do. And I'm glad to say that we were able to Uh, through some very difficult times and negotiations uh, get the symphony's ship righted. And today I think the symphony's in great shape and and really represents our community very well and provides a great product uh, that we all should be proud of. But like most not-for-profits who depend a large degree on their uh, support through contributions, every year stands on its own. And every year you have to start over again raising the funds that's necessary to sustain the program.
0: So looking ahead, what's the single most important issue facing CPAs and the profession right now? And how can we combat it? Also, what do you think the recent development in the industry is that you're most excited about?
1: The most important thing is the same, it's always been people.
0: Uh,
1: we, We have two ends of the spectrum in the people that are very important. One is we have a lot of baby boomers who are aging out and leaving the profession through retirement. And those positions of leadership have to be filled. And we have to develop good leaders coming through the ranks to fill those positions. And on the other end, we have to continue to attract good talent, bright people, capable people, and people who will be the future leaders of the profession and on the on the the other end of the spectrum so that they can move through the pipeline during their career and one day be leaders on their own. Um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is is that the way the profession has dealt with technology. I mean, we've embraced technology, and I see us continuing to embrace technology, artificial intelligence used in uh, some auditing, for example, or tax research, Uh, but just lots of other things. We've expanded the services we can offer, to. One of our big uh, service offerings at LBMC is around security, and uh, data security is a, a very important issue, and CPAs are well positioned to handle the data security services if they train themselves properly. So I think technology will continue to be a huge impact on our profession and uh, I hope that we all uh, are willing to spend the time and effort to make that technology work for us.
0: Yeah, that's interesting in a way technology even opened new doors and new industries like uh, you know, security, like you mentioned, that CPAs have never done. But again, it's that, that keen eye for, oh, we, we have a lot of these skills. We have a lot of these mindsets that are going to make CPAs successful leaders in that industry as well.
1: As a CPA, if you think about what we're good at, we're good at applying regulations and rules, and we're good at financial modeling and numbers. But when you look around, there's a whole lot of things that that involves other than just doing financial statements and tax returns. And so that's the approach we've used over the years and looked at all the things that we could do that uh, used our core knowledge to provide additional services to our clients that they wanted and needed. And uh, when you do that, it's, you usually come up with successful businesses. It sure sounds
0: like it, yeah. I want to go ahead and thank you for being on the podcast with us today. I really enjoyed talking with you, and uh, I'll see you around. All right. All right. Thanks, David. This has been the TSCPA Talks Podcast. On behalf of the entire TSCPA team, thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again soon.